What is up and welcome to another brand new edition of the Jacob Eliasson podcast. This is still quarantine edition. In fact, we've crossed the threshold of 30 days. My quarantine, my self-isolation, my service and my duty to this country and the people of this great world. We've crossed the 30-day mark. I've been inside for 30 days. My vehicle has not moved in 30 days because my wife and I have been sharing the car. 30 days. Life as we know it ceases to exist anymore. And many aspects of that life will probably cease to exist going forward. This is going to really shake up how we live. In fact, Dr. Fossey, who is one of the doctors who presides over the White House's coronavirus response team, who you've probably seen on the internet, on social media, on you know the news outlet if you watch the briefings, and also on other news outlets doing interviews. But Dr. Fossey actually made the statement that he himself thinks that we may not should ever shake hands again. Never shaking hands again. Can you imagine that? Could you imagine a world where we don't shake hands? And people who don't know each other don't hug. I mean, as a man who attends church every Sunday, I see a lot of people hugging and embracing each other all the time. And what if that became odd? What if that became a health hazard? It's just odd to think about. But at this point, like everybody that I know is working from home, except, well, almost everybody that I know is working from home. Um, I have one friend that's that's deemed essential, given the context of what he does. But everybody else is working from home. And everybody's using Zoom. In fact, Saturday Night Live, the upcoming episode of Saturday Night Live, which by the time I release this is going to be behind me, they're using Zoom more than likely to do an, an entire Saturday Night Live production. SNL from home, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel. All of the late night comedians have been able to take their shows to their houses. They're getting millions and millions of viewers with a production set that literally costs them nothing but a camera and a light. So everybody is working from home and everyone is using Zoom. Everyone knows what Zoom is. I got an email the other day from the Memphis Grizzlies saying, hey, Wallpaper Wednesday, here's your downloadable Zoom background. It's like within three weeks, within one month, Video calling as a form of meeting has become normal. Businesses are being creative and seeing creative results from it, I'm sure. Things are hard, absolutely, but there are things being learned. And I'll just say it, if my parents know what Zoom is and are using it in a non-work capacity, you know that it's becoming a household name. Like they're trying to get my grandfather who lives in an assisted living facility set up with a Zoom account so that they can communicate because he doesn't have an Apple product, so he can't FaceTime. And at this point, Zoom is the easiest video calling service, maybe other than Google Hangouts, to activate. And it's easy to say, look, I'm just going to say it. It's the power of a brand. We've also gone 30 days without any sports. And sports has literally consumed 90% of my life since I was two years old. So that's rough. 
don't get to watch it, don't even get to hear people talking about it going on in other places that I don't live, in other countries, other sports, nothing. It's a bunch of news and sports outlets trying to figure out things to talk about. And, you know, I've had a couple of people ask me my thoughts and to share my thoughts on the uh, NBA 2K tournament that is being uh, produced on ESPN. So if you're not familiar, basically, ESPN is looking for programming material. And because streaming sports and watching people stream sports games has gotten, I don't know, popular, then uh, ESPN decided they're going to stream an NBA 2K tournament. So that's happened. I'm not, I really don't know if it's still going on. I know that it started like last weekend and they were doing a couple games a day uh, throughout the upcoming week. And, um, so to give my thoughts on it, for those of you who have watched it, maybe you'll agree with me here, maybe not. Maybe you enjoyed it, maybe you didn't enjoy it, whatever. Here's my thoughts briefly. Um, to put it briefly, I wish that it wasn't ESPN and I was fooled into thinking that it was going to be live. So those are my two things. My two main points, my main thoughts on the, on, on the 2K tournament was that I wish that it wouldn't have been ESPN that was airing it, and I was also fooled into thinking that it was going to be live. Now, why do I wish it wasn't ESPN? I'm going to assume that the because it was on ESPN was the main reason that it couldn't go live. Why? Because, well, let's just put it this way. How many times when you've been playing a video game, 2K, Call of Duty, Fortnite, whatever that may be. How many times when you've been playing a video game and you're in your room in your house, you know, maybe you got a drink in your hand, maybe not. How many times have you kept it clean? The answer is 0% of the time. And so because it was ESPN, they couldn't go live because they knew that it might have to be edited and they wanted to edit out the audio parts of them talking, even though they could still have the full stream of the video game. So if I'm playing 2K, then like 80% of my language is inappropriate. So I totally get kind of why it wouldn't have been live. But at the same time, it almost, with the nature of live sports and live streaming, I think it was almost kind of assumed that they were going to do this live. And so it was going to be, you know, almost like a, 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 a Twitch stream just with NBA players and broadcast them on the ESPN. So, you know, I'm watching it and I watched the very, very first game. I watched the... The first game between KD, Kevin Durant, and Derrick Jones Jr. And uh, and honestly, like I was bored, and I really wasn't entertained immediately. So my expectations, I was so excited. Even I told my wife, like, we got to watch this. This could be really fun. And uh, my expectations were just kind of crushed. And so um, watching it, it was like obvious. It was so obvious that the players were trying not to cuss or get mad. Like they had been prepped. Like instead of... I just wonder from the player's side, did they expect much more than it actually turned out to be on the front end, or did they come into it knowing, hey, this is going to be on ESPN, so, you know, while you're playing, you got to watch your mouth, you can't be, you know, so I wonder how that conversation went, if they knew that, but then I'm thinking, like, what if it was on Showtime, or what if it was on HBO, what if Vice, or Complex, or somebody like that would have jumped in and stepped in and picked up the offer. Um, and, 
you know, quite honestly, maybe could have gotten bigger viewership, bigger ratings, doing something behind a paywall online or even free online as opposed to trying to put push it through traditional cable. So it, that's the main thing. I just wish that it would have been an outlet different than ESPN. I think somebody else could have taken it and made it really what it could have been. You know, it's like, whatever. Is the cussing and the getting pissed off playing the game, you know, kid-friendly and family-friendly? No, but if you're a fan of basketball, if you've played basketball, if you understand, if you play video games and you do things like that, like, that's real. That's authentic. And that's what basketball fans want. It's like, it's like, look, they cuss playing video games. We cuss playing video games. We don't cuss in front of cameras, and we don't cuss in front of media, and we don't cuss in front of bosses and stuff like that, probably in person. But I, we cuss playing video games. And so I just think that somebody like HBO or Vice or Complex or even Uninterrupted, even TNT, even TNT I think could have done a really good job with this as opposed to it coming through ESPN. But I digress. Uh, I just had a couple of people ask me what I thought about it because it's kind of more of a creative concept um, and people know I like to talk about those. So anyway, just to touch on the, the 2K tournament, I'm excited to see how the horse one goes. Now that I know that it's kind of a lot of pre-recorded stuff, my expectations are a little lower. So just thinking about how they can pull off horse um, is going to be interesting to me because they're, that's upcoming. I've been seeing that they're finalizing a lot of details on how all these different people, including Memphis's own, well, not, not Memphis anymore, but this will always be his home, Mr. Mike Conley, will be playing in it. Um, and so lots of cool stuff, cool concepts on the horizon. You know, another thing that's just kind of heavy right now is just how genuinely terrifying and upsetting it is to see the majority of people that I've seen out in public, the little bit that I've been in masks and gloves and I don't want to use the word apocalyptic, but it just seems like the end. You know, it's like any movie or something that I've ever seen regarding, you know, end of times or, you know, wiping humans off the planet or, I mean, and I try, I'm not trying to go that deep into it, but just that concept, like going into a store and seeing people protecting their face and their noses and their hands from literally just generally life itself has just kind of, um, weight on me just seeing that is heavy and you know what makes it even heavier is that regarding the mask and the gloves and situation is that at this point I have people that I believe that I should be able to trust telling me that I need to wear masks and I need or I need to wear a mask and I need to wear gloves if I go out and then I also have people that I feel like I should be able to trust telling me the opposite that the masks don't really help or maybe they do help or it's only it's only this way or only that way so it's like you're constantly, and I think that that's one of the downsides to media and media's involvement in major issues today is it's so easy to be pulled in two different directions with quote-unquote trusted sources, which at this point, because of connectivity and media, then it, the barrier of entry to be an, uh, an expert trusted source on something that gets seen by hundreds of millions of people is low, Right. Because you can be an expert just by having a degree in something and working in a specific industry for four years in Idaho and end up on a newscast in Idaho that's ultimately seen by hundreds of millions of people that, it, that then sways their opinions, their decision, their beliefs, whatever. And so you've got access to all of this information being regurgitated right now. Um, and it's heavy when you see 
people that you should trust telling you to go in multiple directions. And like, honestly, like I'm going to lean on the side that says it, it absolutely would not hurt to wear a mask, to have a layer of a protection over my nose and my mouth and my hands. But you know, that doesn't change the fact that seeing friends and other people out in public wearing these, wearing masks, like hospital masks, man, it just upsets the crap out of me. And, you know, I really hope that through this whole process, through this whole thing, that we start to see compassion and empathy as a positive result of this pandemic. And I hope that the world continues to shift in the direction of having everybody's back. We're seeing that a lot. People are having people's back right now. It is incredible to see. And good things are happening. I'm seeing people voluntarily removing themselves from their normal lives. People who could probably go out and not be impacted and not be affected and not be around people still making the choice to stay home and separate and remove themselves from their normal lives. There's businesses that are spending lots of money to help their employees out, to help hospitals out, to help those in need out and frontline workers out to protect them. We're seeing that. The government is sending money to people. The government is cutting people checks. That's crazy. And I'm thankful for that in the situation that I find myself in too. And if I am thankful for that, especially in the middle of all of this, with how it's in, impacted me and my work, then I know there are millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people who are even more impacted by the stimulus package. And so what I wanna say is, we can argue about whether the amount's sufficient or whether the money was allocated enough, but the fact that it's happening, the fact that the government is stepping in and doing something financially for Americans like, I am thankful for that, and that idea is worth supporting. We can, go, we can go down rabbit holes of the details later, but something was done, and we are trying to get there. And that is the best definition of progress that I could think of. I just hope we build on this. That's all. I hope that when the world is back to normal, I hope that we can take this momentum of impact, this momentum of social responsibility, and that we can build on it. And, you know, I believe that it's something that's coming. I believe that it's something that I have seen manifesting itself more and more every year as I've grown older and there's a momentum behind it and I think our generation has a big part to play in that momentum and a big part to play in its execution to build on top of that momentum and stack it make it even bigger and more powerful and I believe that's coming um, but I'm going to stop talking about negative things and I'm going to record a more positive podcast so if you listen to last week's episode or Depending on when you're listening to this, if you listen to the previous episode, uh, of which I'll take this moment to say there are seven previous episodes. This is episode number eight, I think. So there's seven previous episodes that you can take. Uh, they're about they're between probably 25 and 40 minutes each, so not a ton of time that you can take and invest a little bit of time in learning something, feeling better, and attacking your day. And I'm just kidding. It's just me talking about... Uh, more or less introducing the podcast and starting to dive into actually what this thing is about. Anyway, there's seven other episodes. I know you're quarantined. You got a little bit. Um, if you're not quarantined right now, if this is years later in the future um, and you're going back and you've listened to hundreds more of my episodes, then you can probably stop right here because by this point, you probably know a lot about who I am. But anyway, so if you listen to the very previous episode to this, you'll notice that I talked a little bit just briefly about starting to spend some time outside and working from outside on the patio. And I want to say that that has increased exponentially this week. It's felt great the last few days, four or five days. I've spent so much time on the patio. It's rained a couple times. The patio was covered on a certain part, so I've been able to climb up underneath. But 
I mean, I'm talking at least four hours a day, spending it going back and forth from sitting kind of in the shade and propped up to sitting out in the sun um, and just enjoying being outside the majority of this week. And I'm like, you know, I've been sitting out there just like, this is how it should, should be. This is how it should be. Being able to survive and being able to live um, and work from your computer with your phone, sitting outside in your backyard under the awning while that kind of lightly sprinkles around you. It's just like, this is it. Coffee in my hand, getting things done, being productive. And I thought to myself that this, that situation, as the world kind of shifts, as this pandemic extreme, makes an extreme impact on the, not only the economy, but how work it happens, that that might start to be a reality for more people. And I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see the, the people's reality to their opportunities because of the internet and because of remote work and things like that. I'm excited to see people kind of transition here. And hopefully we'll see a lot more people working from their backyards and being able to enjoy these gorgeous days when we have them as opposed to being inside. Like I just couldn't imagine being anywhere, but getting the work done, the good, hard, beneficial work done that I got done this week outside on the patio. And I want everybody to experience that. But anyway, if you listen to my podcast two years ago, you know that I am a huge advocate of Saturday mornings in the fall. Not necessarily for football reasons. It helps, but that's not the reason. But it's actually because of that perfect combination of cool mornings and coffee outside while I scroll through Twitter for the first hour that I'm awake. Being able to throw on a hoodie and some sweatpants and maybe some house shoes or some fuzzy socks, depending on what time of the year it is and how cool it is, step out onto the patio with either my laptop or my phone and with a nice hot cup of coffee, some hazelnut creamer, and just sit down and kick your legs up and feel the breeze and the sun starts to rise and there's dew on the grass. Birds are kind of chirping, but nobody else is saying anything. Are you as relaxed as I am right now? Because I feel like I'm leading a guided meditation. Anyway, I love that. And that's what I've been getting to do sitting outside the last few days, especially when you get up in the morning. You can be sitting outside and working and getting stuff done while the sun dries. Oh, okay. I'm done. I got to stop. But if you're working from home and you can work from outside, if you do have a patio or you do have a porch or something, a deck, Take advantage, man. I don't think people realize this is a the, the one of the only opportunities maybe ever in the world that you'll get to sit and work from absolutely wherever you want at your house. <laughs> you can't go to the coffee shop, but everywhere you want to work in your house, you can. You can work from anywhere you want, including outside. But the last 48 to 72 hours here in Memphis, as far as working, being able to be outside time goes, incredible. Even today, it's incredible. But I couldn't record the podcast from outside because you'd hear all the wind and the crazy stuff in the background and the basketball bouncing from the neighbors next door and then the dump truck coming down the street um, and the recycling vehicle and whatever else happens, you would hear it um, and it would ruin the audio. So I'm inside. But I encourage you to go outside. Maybe you're listening to this outside. Take a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of coffee and go sit on the patio and listen to some coffee shop vibes playlist on Spotify. I don't know. I'm giving you too much advice now. Anyway. Let's move on. I want to do one segment on this show because this intro has kind of gotten a little out of hand and been more like the majority of the podcast. So I'm just going to do one segment. And what I want to touch on really briefly is part of being a millennial in the middle of all of this and 
when I say millennial, let's look at it through the lens of kind of like a hybrid millennial and Gen Z. If you look at the actually how the generations break down, millennial usually breaks off right about 94 and goes into Gen Z. Um, and I was born in 93. I'm almost 27. So I'm kind of like right there on the fringe of it. But one of the things about being a millennial Gen Z in the middle of all this is that our role is kind of just to stay home. Our role is to kind of stay back to make sure that we aren't asymptomatic or we don't have the virus and aren't as severely affected by the virus so that we are not a risk for other people. That's kind of our role. And what I've learned is that part of that role and part of, I guess, the way that I take in news and I take in my social media feeds and things like that, a lot of the content that I see over and over is for a lot of people, people in general, but mostly kind of targeted at, at the millennial generation and, and the younger of the Gen X and the older of the Gen Z is to kind of use this as an opportunity uh, to sharpen the saw, uh, to take this time where we kind of put everything on pause to regroup uh, and learn a new skill or something like that um, so that we can kind of come out ahead on the other side. That's the conversation that's being had. And I wanted to touch on that briefly um, because not only, A, do I subscribe to that entire conversation, that entire, in, in that entire argument, um, but I wanted to add my two cents to the pot. And that comes with, and, and, and I'll give you the word that I want to frame the rest of this podcast around, and the word is versatility. And I guess the follow-up question, two follow-up questions to the word versatility would, would be, number one, looking at what else can you bring to the table? And number two, when there's only one spot left on the roster, who's going to get the job? When there's only one spot left on the roster, who is it going to be that gets the job? And what else can you bring to the table? And so to dive into both of those very quickly, what else can you bring to the table? I know that one thing that I am going to be involved in, and I am involved in really with all of the business opportunities that I have and the different um, small businesses that I'm a part of and things forthcoming is a lot, I mean, pretty heavy on the media and the marketing and the content side. And so one of the things that I'm doing in the middle of this pandemic, this quarantine, this self-isolation period is I'm trying to sharpen the saw in areas that I'm not as great in. Video editing, color correction on actually editing photos. You know, instead of the strategy piece that is really what I work with consistently, getting better at the actual execution of the little things so that I can be well-rounded and make more happen and bring more to the team. So that's what I mean about what can you bring, what can you bring to the table? And then the second question is what when there's only one spot left on the roster, who is it going to be? I would argue that the answer to that is the multidimensional, the highly versatile, significantly well-rounded athlete. When you think about this in a sports reference, we're going to, we're going to talk about this in a sports frame of mind. When there's only one spot left on the roster and you've got somebody who's, who's pretty good at one thing or somebody who's really good at everything or pretty good at everything, you're going to go with the kid who's pretty good at everything because they can bring more to the table. And I can speak to that because I grew up, like I grew up, my entire childhood was sports. My entire, my entire childhood was centered around 
a different sport, like the time of the year dictated what sport was being played. And I'm lucky and I'm blessed and I'm thankful for my parents who allowed me and let me and supported me through playing all of that. But that's just the fact of the matter is I grew up playing sports. And quite frankly, I was like the kid that wore gym shorts and a t-shirt to school because, well, I was just an athletic kid. Athletic clothes were what I wanted to wear. So being able to wear a hoodie all the time right now or like I have on right now, like a pullover, mm, athleisure, incredible. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Back to versatility. I would argue that that multidimensional player, I can speak on that because all growing up, I played all positions in baseball. Like people will ask me today, like what position that I played growing up playing baseball. And I said, well, it was kind of like I was either pitching or I was playing wherever the pitcher would normally play whoever's pitching where they would normally play. I was like a utility player. I knew kind of every position. I knew all the fundamentals of all the different positions, the sport of basketball. I could play multiple positions because I knew not only did I know where I needed to be, but I knew where everybody else needed to be. And I understood what was going on and could play all the different positions regardless of my size or strength or whatever, because most of the game is mental. There's a lot of physical, but when you're young, not really. So I could play everywhere. And so I look back and I think about how, especially now when I'm a professional, when I'm an actual grown-up adult trying to navigate the, trying to navigate my career, trying to navigate the world, trying to navigate marriage. It's just like these pieces of what I was built on are what I go back to. So when you hear me talk a lot about the fundamentals, consider it because most of my life has been in sports and sports, the basics of sports is fundamentals. And I can look back and that's structure for me. That's a hard, tangible memory to look back on to help me kind of take things that are going on today and find a way to work through it based on how my mind is already programmed to do it. And so I look through the sports lens and I learn a lot of things, including this, that the same versatility that I had as a child growing up and playing sports, that same ability that I had to be versatile and know all the different plays and all the different places that I needed to be has also carried over to my professional life. And my versatility in the workplace has allowed me to get jobs that maybe I wasn't super qualified for. But because I could bring not only that specific job and more to the table, it separated me from the pack. And so that goes back to my second question that I ask. When there's only one spot left on the team, who do you want? Do you want the specialist? When there's only one spot, there's one spot. You got a full team, one spot left. Do you want somebody that's a specialist or do you want a well-rounded? And in all of the business ventures that I'm involved with right now, today, including some forthcoming, we've had conversations surrounding that, surrounding hiring somebody. When we look to hire, what is our first option going to be? What kind of person do we look for? And I argue versatility, somebody who can come in and do not only what the, the specific thing that we need to get done, but can assist all of us in our roles because that person is versatile enough to wear multiple hats, which is common and becoming even more common in the workforce of the most valued employees can wear multiple hats. They can do multiple things. They're versatile. And so I wanted to bring this podcast to a close by just challenging you to, to take this time. If you're inside, if you have to be inside and you know you're going to be inside, I would challenge you to take the opportunity to learn something new, to sharpen the saw, to find a new skill, to do something you're interested in. I know that it's so easy to play video games 
all the time. But um, unless you're streaming and you're getting an audience, which that is hot right now, and if you're good, I suggest you do it and stream live and start building an audience and see how that goes. And holler at me if you got any questions about it, because I'll help. But I challenge you to learn a new skill, because a lot of us kind of have more time than normal right now. I know that I do, and I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to learn how to read faster. I'm trying to learn how to read more books. I'm trying to learn how to read books quickly and document my notes and things like that that I learned from it and be able to review, read, review, and move on quickly. I'm trying to learn that. I'm trying to get significantly better at video editing. I'm pretty decent at video editing. I'm no great, like I can take videos, put them together in, in a semi-creative way, but as far as effects and stuff go and making it smooth and perfect to a T, I'm not great at that. And so I'm taking this opportunity to sharpen the saw. There are tons and tons of software and online services and educational tools that are giving their services away for super cheap or free. And I just challenge you to take advantage of that. This is, an, this is a time that we are never, ever probably going to experience in our lifetimes. This is a time that people are going to ask us about. And when I think about 20 years down the road, when somebody asked me about this whole situation, I want to be able to say that, like, I dug in. That, like, yeah, my business, as far as a sales and revenue type generation and income goes, yeah, that decreased significantly. But I looked at it through the right lens the entire time, and I used it as an opportunity instead of an obstacle, and things went well. And things are going well right now, and, and I'm excited for that. And I wish that I could share more on here about what those things are, but I cannot. Maybe later. We'll see. But that's all I got for today. That's the end of the podcast. We're like right at 30 minutes, probably a little bit over 30 minutes. You're still hanging on with me. I appreciate your time. And if you haven't, click that subscribe button, whatever color it is, purple on Apple, black or green on Spotify. I'm not on YouTube yet. Not rocking with that bandwagon, but, but we'll get there eventually. But subscribe. If you enjoyed this, subscribe. If you got any value from this, if I said anything that made you laugh or think or nod your head or fist bump, chest, chest to fist bump, regardless, whatever, any type of emotional response, I, I just want you to subscribe and leave me a review. Reviews help other people see that people are other people are getting value from the podcast and that helps other people tune in. And listen, if you got any questions, hit me up on Twitter at Jacob Elias and J-A-K-O-B-E-L-I-A-S-O-N. And that same spelling, .com is my website. I'm trying to put all of my blogs and things that I've written up on the website. I'm just trying to find time. It's crazy that that's kind of an important thing for me right now, but I'm still trying to find the time to get that stuff actually up on my site. But I'm going to try to do it today. It is a Saturday afternoon. I don't have anything to do for the rest of the day and I'm going to try to get it done. Anyway, hit me up jacobelison.com. You, you can subscribe for my newsletter that's about to be ramped up. It's going to be rad. And uh, follow me on Twitter. We'll see you next week or before next week whenever I decide to post another podcast. All right, bye.